Hear now the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm going to read a little bit longer than verse 5 up to verse 11. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All people are grass, their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me now. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, dear Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Um, I'm going to start out uh, with a political statement, and I know that's usually kind of sketchy, but uh, I think everyone gets behind this one every year. Um, Michigan needs to fix its roads. I have always grown up in Michigan, and so I've only really played, like, paid really close attention to like the Michigan governor races and things like that. Um, but I really don't think any other state spends so much time talking about fixing roads as their platform. Um, and I don't think the state uses the state of the roads to decide how well a certain political party has led uh, the, the state for the past couple of years. Um, Republican, Democrat, Independent, everyone is on board with this, and I get it. Like, there are some times when I'm going down the road and you can't swerve to get around a pothole, and it hits so hard that I feel like I need to apologize to my car because <laughs> I just feel bad for putting it through that, but there was nothing I could do. There's just so many potholes. There's so much to fix. Oh, man. I, I don't know if the roads will ever be fixed. I really hope so. Uh, maybe we'll get there in paradise when Jesus come back, comes back again one day. Uh, in biblical times, highways were not quite the same. Uh, we had uh, highways being built for much more pomp and circumstance and celebratory uh, moment. I know the Roman road is really famous. Uh, you know, it helped the Roman Empire come to such great power and all of that, but when Isaiah was speaking years and years before that, 
roads were usually built for conquering kings to return home to their homeland. They were built as a celebratory moment so that everyone could rejoice over the, the conquering and stand with the king, and the king could travel easily back to where that they were from. The way was made straight, travel was made easier, and I know it, it was so much more difficult to build roads back then, even as difficult as Michigan somehow seems to still make it, it was even more difficult then. Everyone who was off at war got to return home, families were restored, the kingdom was back and peace. So it kind of makes sense that this is a part of our Advent scripture, the time that we are thinking about Christ coming here, Christ coming home. We have in verse 3, a voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. That's when the glory of the Lord will be revealed, when the highway is made ready, Christ can come, God can come in all of God's glory. The Bible presents John the Baptist as that voice calling in the desert, in the wilderness, uh, the voice crying out to be ready, to make, make preparations for the king to come, to celebrate the Lord. But preparing the way, creating the hi uh, highway for the king to travel, that's a little bit different for Jesus. It is so that Jesus can be celebrated, but there's a little bit of a twist that Jesus brings to these things like he always does. Does anyone ever feel like uh, the Michigan roads a little bit? A little bit bumpy and disjointed, a little bit uncertain of where you're going, fragmented. We're just bouncing and banging along, trying to make our way to where we're going. It's not easy traveling. We're disconnected. I, I know I feel that. Uh, I feel that disconnect. I feel pulled towards all these different responsibilities of being a daughter and a student and a, a worker. I feel overwhelmed by the weight of world news and local news and things going on with my friends. You know, the harsh realities of where our world is heading climate-wise and uh, through war, injustice. Tensions run really high interrelationally as we try to talk with others and try to understand each other and try to help make the world a better place, but it doesn't quite always work because people don't really know the best way to do all of that. There's this tension and brokenness. And beyond that, we're constantly being told over and over and over again that our identity and worth is based on how well we do, what we can produce, by what we can achieve, by what we can be to other people, by how well we follow the steps that we are supposed to take. And with all of that noise, we can become lost to ourselves. We lose sight of being God's beloved child, and we become disconnected from ourselves and to other people. What's unique about the highway of Jesus is how Jesus transforms it. 
This is a highway that's not just for Jesus to take and have everyone come laud and celebrate him, even though there is moments for joy and rejoicing, but Jesus brings all of us along with him. Jesus makes a highway for all of us, the dis disenfranchised, the dislocated, those who have been spread around, for those who have been lost and alienated. Jesus extends a way back home, back to the heart of what matters, back to the hope of the gospel, and back to being the beloved of God. Advent is that time. We light these lights. We have the Christ candle in the middle, the, the light of Jesus to beckon us home, to show us the way. Advent is this time to grasp onto the beautiful nature of Emmanuel, that God is with us and for us, that Jesus came to be with us, Christ came and healed and restored and forms relationship with us and teaches us who we are again. As we come back to the heart of God, we are able to reclaim our belovedness, let go of the lies that are telling us who we need to be, the false selves that we put on to make sure that we can be loved by those around us and holds us grounded in the love of God. We are able to rejoice in ourselves, in the fact that Christ delights in us and God delights in us. As we walk the highway that Jesus makes a path for, we can take comfort in the work that God has done in us. We can rest in the peace and love of God. And we can reflect and rejoice in the journey itself, and not just in God, but the journey of coming back home to ourselves. And we have that even grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Even though we are but human, even though our lives pass quickly, even though uh, we're a little bit fickle and we forget over and over again that we are the beloved of God, that we continue to run away towards uh, other ways of proving ourselves over and over again, God is still there. God is forever, and God comforts us and rejoices with us over and over again. Our reclaiming of being the beloved of God is not uh, based upon us being formidable or uh, immovable or strong or long-lasting or patient or loyal. It's all based upon God's capability of being loyal and gracious and loving and patient. God does not need us to do anything to grant us this comfort. God does not need us to live a certain way to create a pathway back to God. Jesus did not need us to do anything in particular to come and minister to us and heal us. We do not need to live purely enough or do enough for God to bring us back to the heart of the gospel where there is comfort and rest and joy and rejoicing. 
in our shattered world where we are increasingly dislocated and disconnected from ourselves and others by partisan politics, working from home, fear of disease, or maybe even physically dislocated by war or climate change, this truth can bring us home. We are the beloved of God, and that is enough. You are the beloved of God. As I end, I would uh, like to, to give you a quote from Frederick Buchner uh, from his book, Longing for Home. No matter how much the world shatters us to pieces, we carry inside us a vision of wholeness that we sense in our true home, and that beckons us. God is calling us to wholeness. God has created a way through Jesus, a way back to ourselves, a way back to God, and a way back to claiming the belovedness as children of God. This Advent, I invite you to listen to that beckoning voice. I invite you to look at the light of Jesus, the light of the world. I invite you to pause and embrace your belovedness in this busy season. I invite you to find yourself once more outside of what you can do or what you can be or what you are trying to do or be. Celebrate God is with us. Amen.